Let me tell you what I want this podcast to be about. What I need this podcast to be about. We need to challenge ourselves. We need to force ourselves to ask questions. Questions about the past, about the present. We need to push ourselves to understand the world. Welcome, everyone, to the Economy Ninja podcast. This is your host, Colin Nordman. I would like to start by saying thank you to everyone who's provided feedback so far for the podcast and provided some support. Uh, we are making improvements. I hope everyone enjoyed the new intro, which shows you a window into the world. But now, I welcome you back into my recording studio, which is my living room. Anyway. I'll keep the content coming, and I want you to keep the feedback coming. I also want to know if there are any topics that you're interested in uh, or any questions that you have for the podcast. You can add those comments and questions uh, below the video on YouTube, or you can let me know on Twitter, at Colin Nordman, or search for The Economy Ninja Podcast. Today's podcast is going to return to the world of markets and economies. The world with central banks where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Again, we are staying on the topic of money. Today we are going to enter into the discussion about inflation and a little bit about deflation. Alright, is business then. Let's first establish inflation and deflation. Inflation is the general price increase of goods and services over time, whereas deflation is the decline in prices over time. There is plenty to go over, so we'll just focus on inflation for the rest of this episode, and we'll make another episode that covers deflation. What actually causes inflation? There are three factors. The first is demand pull. This is where there is less supply than demand, and therefore the prices of goods and services get bid up. An example would be if there were supply chain disruptions that limited the supply with the same amount of demand, or if there were increases in personal income, such as wage increases or stimulus measures that then provide a boost to consumer demand. The second factor is cost push. If the cost to make the good or provide the service goes up, then the price goes up. Examples would be increases in the cost of raw materials uh, or increases in labor cost. And a more recent example would be the broad adoption of cleaning processes at a business uh, and then the cost of those cleaning processes get passed on uh, with the cost of goods and services to the customer. And the last factor is structural inflation. This is from increases in the money supply. That structural inflation usually starts with the monetary policy at the Federal Reserve. It's the open market operations 
of the Federal Reserve, which are designed to lower the interest rates and incentivize people to borrow money, and for the banks to lend money, where the lending of the money increases the money supply. We've talked about the money supply in the last episode and how it changes, uh, so we'll focus more on why is there structural inflation. And the why is the great question. Why do we have it at all? Doesn't the central bank mandate uh, have a mandate to maintain price stability? Because zero inflation implies zero change in price, which sounds pretty stable to me. Well, if only it were so easy. The reason inflation exists is to promote growth and drive the economic machine. Let's look at a world of no inflation. If money is the same value, uh, never changing, then there's little risk for a saver to hold on to it. Pro-saving, right? For you and I, maybe that's good. But if you are content in holding on to your dollars, then it's harder for a business to separate you from those dollars. So they are less incentivized to try. If there are fewer businesses that are being started, then there are fewer new jobs that are being created by those businesses. And less innovation than is required by other businesses to stay competitive. So society can seem to stagnate. And stagnation can lead to poor economic outcomes. It's this fear that, of what may happen to society that forces lawmakers and leaders to uh, allow or even try to structure inflation into the economy. So this brings up the question, is inflation good? Eh. For now, it seems, there are few things that can motivate a society like the fear of loss can. In this case, it's the fear of losing purchasing power uh, that's created by inflation, which incentivizes consumption and risk-taking. So over the long term, the winners of structural inflation are the people who have capital, who are able to take risks. And that ends up being business owners and employers and investors. Uh, since the returns for risk are going to be more exponential. And inflation punishes people who take less risk, like savers or wage-dependent earners, like laborers and employees since personal wage accumulation is more linear. Now I'll leave you with this to consider. What happens to society over time as a result? When you can imagine over time, this creates wealth inequality and can lead to social unrest. This is very comparable to what the world has experienced before like with the wealth inequality that's existed leading into the Great Depression and resulted in the rise of many populist movements. These populist movements uh, are born out of the appeal of the ordinary person and they typically have very charismatic leaders that lead them. And sometimes rising from populist movements are leaders that look to concentrate power and they ultimately become authoritarians. So as Mark Twain said, history 
does not repeat, but it often rise. And it is here that we find ourselves staring at our reflection in history once again. That's our show for today. Thank you again for tuning in. If you are enjoying the podcast, please like it, uh, become a subscriber, continue providing feedback. It's been awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you again, and have a good day.